2020. It's not only gross to speak like Daffy Duck, it's downright insulting. Sometimes we get overexcited to tell our friends stories that we forget all about the saliva that's spewing from your mouth into the air as you speak. Your friends want the news, not the weather. But if you're one of those people that can't help but also give a little bit of weather, put their minds at ease by letting them all know it's okay. It's okay if you sprinkle down all of your saliva droplets on them because you're an intelligent individual who is smart enough to use mouth sanitizer. So your spit isn't deadly. Mouth sanitizer is the exact same as hand sanitizer, but for your mouth. It turns your deadly spit droplets into clean, tasty droplets. It comes in all different flavors, colors, and alcohol levels. The snozberry actually tastes like snozberry. Get snozberry all over your friends' face and bodies and clothing whilst you talk, and we guarantee that they will be impressed by the delicious taste of your saliva. If you're speaking moistly, speaking moistly, and your mouth's like a geyser, and your mouth's like a geyser, it may be time to get some mouth sanitizer. sanitizer found wherever you buy stuff hey everybody i'm ready for work and i'm happy to be here it's chelsea this is Overzealous. Welcome back to my podcast. It's episode number eight. Am I gonna sing the entire thing? Maybe we don't even know. I called my last episode, statistically speaking, my last episode ever. I know that when I edit this, the way I just said statistically is gonna really tick me off because I think I left out the T or something there. I called it my, statistically speaking, my last episode ever. And then what was really kind of humorous about that is I ended up not being able to post one last week. So this week, but by the time you hear this, it'll be last week. But this week I was not able to, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give you full transparency here. I looked at my Podbean account and it turned out that I uploaded too much for that month. Um, not because I uploaded too many episodes, but because I had a backlog. So when I was fixing it, everything and adding it to iTunes, I had to like re-upload everything to Podbean and it's sort of just kind of taking up all my space. And I've been waiting for it to kind of like get normal. And I'm pretty sure in September it'll be like, okay, now I can post every episode once a week without having to worry about it. But I also realized that I might not be posting once a week and completely upfront, I'm gonna be real with you. I might not post every week. I don't get paid to do this and I don't think I have any kind of religious following right now, nor will I ever. So I like doing this because I like doing this. If there's ever a situation in my life where I'm busy or I've got something to do, which I'm about to embark on a crazy math class that I'm extremely scared of, I might not post that week. I think for the next few weeks, I do have a good plan set up. So I'm gonna post this one, which is going to be the restaurant story that I was talking about. Uh, just one of the places that I worked, I wanted to go over it. Next week is Labor Day week. So I'm actually not going to be posting anything. I'm going to set up this podcast as if I would if it actually was a business, which it's not and it probably won't ever be. But if it was, I wouldn't want to be expected to post one on a long weekend. I think everyone kind of deserves a break. Me especially, if I ever made enough money that I could uh, record something and afford someone else to do it over a long weekend, I definitely would do that. But 
that's not me. I'm sitting here in my really warm apartment with no AC and no fan, just heating up doing this for free because I love doing it. If there's ever a point where I don't love doing it, then I can't do it. So if I've got anything coming up, I'll just be honest and say, hey, I've got a really big math test coming up, so I won't be posting next week. The week after that, I will be posting. It will be another getting weird with it episode though. So if you recall a couple episodes back, I put up one of our getting weird with it episodes and I'm going to do that next week just so that I can kind of have a little extra time with getting ready for this math class and kind of preparing for it. And then the week after that, I thought it would be kind of interesting to go over my quarantine budget. Ooh, buzzword, quarantine, zing. I have decided, I, I, I think it's a pretty interesting thing. Like I always read those, ref, I think it's on Refinery. I'm not really sure what webpage it is, but it's like my money stories. And sometimes I enjoy reading them. I almost said watching. I enjoy watching things that I read. I enjoy reading them. It's like where it goes through what someone makes, how old they are and what they do with their money. And for some reason, I'm really intrigued by that. So I made the decision that, hey, I wanna make an episode about how I adjusted my spending over COVID because I didn't qualify for anything. I technically didn't qualify for CERB, so I was smart enough not to sign up for it. If you're listening and you're not in, in Canada, our our um, our financial help through this, this pandemic was called CERB. It stands for the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. Um, and I went through the checklist and I don't think I did not apply. I, like, it just did not apply to me and I did not want to have to owe it back. I also didn't apply to the school one because... Davis and I are common law and I really think that he makes too much money, which it must be great for him because I have none. <laughs> Isn't that the best in life? Like if you are legally bound to someone, it completely matters how much they make. You would think it would be the opposite. Like, hey, you make too little. It's time to step it up in this household. No, I want to be like, you make a little bit too much, but not enough for us to be rich. So can you maybe make a little less so that I qualify for all these benefits? I'm totally kidding. But I thought it would be pretty interesting to do an episode of how and what I did to kind of curb my spending and make my, my budget sort of fit my life so that I didn't really have to worry about it too, too much. But I mean, I, I'm still a normal human being. Like I, we're not, we're not by any means. Okay. It's just our rent is so cheap and, and all these different, you know, things that we took, these precautions that we took to not have too big a bill. So that's going to be an episode in the next couple of weeks. And then also I'm still going to have Davis on the overzealous podcast as the overzealous podcast, but I'm going to treat it like an interview. When we were doing getting weird with it, it was more of like, I really wanted it to be an us thing where it was like a duo and we were friends and we were hanging out and it's boyfriend and girlfriend and they're just chatting but I now realize that he needs to be interviewed like he for some reason thinks the show is about him when it's really not it doesn't matter how many times you tell him the show is about me thank you he really thinks that anytime I put a camera on or a recorder on it must be his time to put on this character so I'm just gonna interview him so that he answers questions instead of acts like an idiot <laughs> Okay, it's such a beautiful day outside today. It's still August. When I post this, it'll be September, but it is beautiful out today. I'm so stoked. I've already had my first cup of coffee. I've already had my smoothie. I'm on my second cup of coffee. Look out world. Am I the only one out there where it's like a really good day is the best high ever? Sunshine and vitamins get me real high. I can get pretty stoked on a pretty day and a really good meal and a bunch of vitamins. I like to take care of myself, but also it seems as though that takes care of me and makes me really 
amped up on life so i'm pretty stoked to go outside i'm going for a pretty long walk later why do i have to say pretty all the time i'm pretty stoked to go outside i'm going for a walk later i'm going to meet davis at his work and i'm kind of looking for a backpack purse you know those stupid little backpack purses that adult women carry when they probably shouldn't they should just have a real purse i'm so sick of having neck problems and ripping out my hair from a purse strap that i almost 90 percent of the time i'm in a backpack like one of those tiny purse backpacks and my zipper has been busted for like a year and it finally like busted off so I have to buy a new one I've totally heard adult women make fun of other adult women who carry those purses but it's like whatever your hair is ripping out on one side and if you have neck pain that's probably why like the neck pain from the purse is the equivalent to the male hip problem you know when they have their wallet in one pocket and they're like why do my hips hurt and it's like well because you're sitting on them wrong you have a wallet in your pocket same thing for women like if you've got a heavy purse on your one shoulder you're gonna have neck problems and shoulder problems and after 30 you do anything to make sure you do not get those neck problems but you're probably gonna get them anyway so one thing I also did this past week that was pretty crazy is I had to do an assessment for a statistics course that I have to take so that I can get the first part of my degree done. <laughs> so it's called psych readiness. And obviously because of COVID, I couldn't go in to do this test and it's a pretty serious test. So they have to record you through a webcam and watch you so that they know that you didn't cheat. The craziest thing happened while I'm doing this test. You have 27 questions. It's multiple choice. You are not allowed a calculator. You're only allowed to write them down and you have one hour and you are recorded so I'm doing this test and it's legitimately difficult like I don't mind math I I don't I don't hate math like most people like most of the population hates math I don't hate it I actually kind of enjoy it now that I took a fundamental level and understand it a little bit better but it is still difficult and one of the most difficult parts of it is not the numbers it's when you put it into a real world uh, scenario so like world word problems world pro world problems I'm gonna make this mistake the whole time aren't I word problems are where math gets really difficult like really applying it um, I think I have reading comprehension issues I tend to read things too fast and leave stuff out and then so I have to slow it down and I have to write it all out so for me that really is difficult some people it's the opposite they find the math hard but the word problem not I know Davis is actually one of those people he can really apply it but he doesn't know how he got to to the answer which is so crazy so together we make someone who could solve a math equation which is amazing right that's all you need in life but during this test the craziest just obnoxious thing happens so I mentioned they record you I want the video of my recording because here is what happened I'm sitting here doing it having my problems mid test I all of a sudden hear I all of a sudden hear the neighbor kids in the hallway screaming. It's just the perfect time, right? It's like they allow their kids to hang out in the hall at like 12. But to be fair, I never complain because there's worse people in here than the kids beside me. Yes, you heard that right. There's worse people in here than the kids that live beside me. The five children that go screaming up and down the halls and outside all day long are the easiest humans to deal with in this entire apartment. But that's not the point. The point is they start screaming when I'm doing this test. And then out of nowhere, I hear a fire alarm go off and you know damn well one of those kids pulled the fire alarm. like I didn't even get up I didn't move 
because I was like, I, I know what I, I know what just happened. Like, I know exactly what just happened. So I want the video to that test because I'm just sitting there like listening to this alarm blaring loudly in my ear. I'm like, can I have this video? Because this is my luck. Like, this is definitely my luck in life. If I were to give you an analogy of my life, imagine waiting two, two three years to take a test. You finally take it some kid pulls the alarm in the hallway. Okay, and even first, the first obstacle is there's a pandemic. You can't go in to take it. You have to take it at home. You have to have all the proper equipment. And then some kid is going to pull the fire alarm. That is completely an analogy for my life. That is how my life works. It's not too terrible, but it's a little obnoxious. Did anyone else do this back in the day? I know I did. I know I did. It's such a terrible thing to do. I did it in the 90s. Do you remember in the 80s and 90s that when you pulled the fire alarm, you made the entire block ball their eyes out and you were in shit for a really long time. Those kids beside me did not even get in trouble. They did not get in trouble. Like I, I hear everything. We live beside them. We heard the parents talking to another, like one of their friends saying like, the kids pulled the alarm, but we didn't even get caught. So you know they didn't get in trouble, which whatever. I'm not, I'm not a rat. I'm not a rat. I'm not going to do that. But do you remember like if any of you did that back in the day, like in the nineties, I was grounded for forever. Every adult in that building came up to me bawling their eyes out being like, you're the worst. You're the worst human ever. And I'm a child. Like you, they obviously didn't need to be that dramatic, but I also didn't not get in trouble. Like, I think that's a pretty serious thing. <laughs> not that I'm telling people how to parent their children, but come on of like, we understood repercussions for our actions when we were kids in the 80s and 90s and even though I kind of identify as a millennial not because of what's going on today with millennials but because even before anyone started using the term or hearing of the term I was called it at a very young age I I'm pretty biased I find my generation to be like the best generation every generation thinks they're the best generation okay and I'm no different I think that we're the generation that has enough empathy and care that we can get oversensitive, but not to an obnoxious point. But we also got in trouble. So we have a little bit of, um, how do you say, uh, common sense? I think that would be it. Yeah, just common sense, like how to care for other people. We also got discipline. We also, you know, we just got it all. Like we're, we're, we're empathic, we're understanding, but we get every view. Like if you're not a PC person, I can still understand where you're coming from. But we also ha know that there's repercussions for all of our actions. It was just crazy. But anyway, I got, I ended up getting 11 out of 27. That is a horrible mark considering how much better I should have done. I think like it's a time thing for me. For me, I just need, reading comprehension's a big deal. I think I just need more time, but it's, okay, now I'm making excuses. I swear to God, I'm smart. I swear to God. No, like I just couldn't do it. It's fine. It's no big deal. But 11 gets you the ability to skip the next class and go ahead one one grade. So I had to start off at the fundamental level and then the next level would have been, um, I believe grade 10 technically the equivalent. And then the next one is grade 11 equivalent, I believe. But I get to skip ahead to the grade 11 equivalent so I can take my stats sooner because I got this 11 out of 27, which is just a horrendous mark. Like you just barely made it. So now I'm terrified because I can't not take this course, right? Like I can't stay back if I can go ahead because I need the stats course. I know I could do the stats course tomorrow. I know this. I just can't, I don't have the prerequisite for it. And the prerequisite for it is scaring the crap out of me. That's enough about me explaining math and my testing and all that because that just took up mm, 15 minutes, we'll say. And uh, that's a little, 
little lame. I'm not going to lie. People are probably like, can we move the frick on? Okay. I watched a movie on Netflix called Alpha. It was so cute. It's this movie about a tribe in the Ice Age and early humans and one of them gets separated from their group and finds a wolf and they end up becoming best friends and legitimately if you are one of those people who just likes any movie with animals in them, especially where the animal's a hero, this movie is for you. It was adorable. It was so cute when he realized that the wolf was part of his tribe and oh my goodness, like you just need to watch it. I think, I believe it's still on there. I'm still running, but only doing my average still. Every week I talk about how I'm going to amp it up and do extra time or extra days. I can still only get like three to four days a week, but I did get an hour run in not that long ago. And that was pretty cool. That was a new achievement, but I do want to get into five days a week. But can I talk about an issue? Everyone, listen up. I need you. I need you to have awareness of what's going on around you at all times. Walk single file on the sidewalk, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a couple that cannot let go of each other's hands for others to pass by you safely on the sidewalk, your relationship is not going to work out, okay? It's not gonna work out. Do you wanna know how I know? Because I can see you already have issues with taking another person's personal well-being into account and you're not doing that. At some point, your significant other is going to become a normal everyday human for you and if you can't even be aware of other humans on the sidewalk needing to pass? How are you going to make a relationship last your entire life? You need to be able to think of other people everywhere around you. One day you'll realize a relationship isn't just like holding hands and skipping down the street. It's taking personal accountability for your actions and being aware of another's personal space and well-being. Yeah, I said it. Seriously though, all the active people out there, we all move for each other. We all like kind of like make it the easiest way to get around. Children who have their face in their phones have more awareness of their personal space and what's going on around them than most adults walking down the street. Yeah, I just said that. I just said that. I saw a kid walking down the street with his face in his phone and he even, even he was able to be like, oh, there's another person coming up on the sidewalk. I got to move over. Come on, people. Come on, people. You need to be aware of other people around you. You want to make fun of kids for having their phones in their devices? Like, at least they're aware of the people around them for no reason whatsoever. That is like one of my biggest pet peeves. My mom used to have problems with it. I think she still does. We'll be walking down the street and I'll I'll see someone and I'll slow down to go behind her and single file it and then she'll start slowing down. She'll be like, why are you slowing down? Because there's people coming on the sidewalk and we need to single file it, okay? It's just like for some reason in 2020, we just are all of a sudden forgetting that kindness is actually a thing. So this episode is going to be about sort of a restaurant that I worked at, but also it's more about the humorous name and the humorous things that happen there. I won't say the restaurant obviously I don't want to name names when I was 23 actually you know what let's go back to 18 so when I was 18 I got into the restaurant industry I'd heard from all my friends that it was like one of the best jobs to have you can make so much money and it's such a good job to have while you're in school and kind of working towards something else the thing was all my friends were servers and I wasn't able to make it there I wasn't trying hard enough at my first restaurant so I was just a host a lot of people were moving up and becoming servers and I was 
wasn't, I knew it was because I wasn't putting in enough effort to learn the menu and really kind of stand out from the crowd. I left the one job that I had that was in a restaurant after a couple of years of hosting and this place it really prepared you like I've never seen any restaurant train the way this place had like they train their hosts to be basically servers so I had pretty immense training and I knew that I could physically do it I just wasn't in love with the restaurant I ended up leaving and I forget which job I had in between I know I had something in between and I really forget what it was man I gotta look at my resume or my record of employment. I was driving on the bus one day and I was going downtown in the city that I lived, which was London, Ontario. It's kind of a big city. If you've ever been there, the nightlife there is pretty cool. There's a lot of restaurants and clubs that you can work at and make a lot of money and have a lot of fun. And it's a pretty lively city at nighttime. So I was on the bus and I saw there was a new restaurant coming downtown and it was country themed. But I, for some reason, I was like, I don't care about the theme. I don't care about anything. I just like that A, it was a new restaurant. So this was a new ability for me to come in brand new with everyone else and kind of prove that I had what it took. Not only that, but opening a restaurant, you really get you get more information, you get better training, you are, I just find you're better prepared if you open. They put so much money into training individuals when you're opening a, opening a restaurant and then if you come in after, it's kind of just like another server or another coworker training you and you don't get the same. Like as much as you, you know, you can try your hardest, but it's like it's completely different to learn something when you're not stressed out than when you are stressed out. And when you're opening a restaurant and you're just a server, you're not that stressed out. You kind of just get to take your time and learn things. So I knew that I would benefit from going to a new restaurant that hasn't really been in this city before. Um, and also I knew that I was able to talk myself up. So I went in to an interview. I actually researched the restaurant first and I saw that they wore cowboy outfits. So I went out and bought a cowboy hat. So I'm like, I'm going to this interview with an outfit for the job that I want. Every scenario that I'm in, that any any kind of interview I'm going to, I will research what it is and I will make myself look like I fit into that scenario. So I went out of my way to look like I already belonged at this restaurant. So I bought the hat, I was all confident and I had nothing to lose. I had never worked as a server in a restaurant and I had no idea how much of a valuable job it was. So I went in with the cocksure attitude, like I can do this, you'd be silly not to hire me. I remember I went into the interview and I had no idea that the guy interviewing me was going to be the general manager of the store. And thank God that I didn't because I think I would have been a lot more terrified at the interview. I thought he was just some nothing guy that I would never know again. He was just like from head office and I'd never see him. So I put on the best this is me I'm Chelsea like I'm kind of an idiot but also I'm kind of not like do you want this here I am I think I remember him asking me like what I like doing in my spare time and I don't know if you know this but I don't do anything in my spare time and I friggin love it so I I think I remember saying something about like I tweet I tweet a lot who says that and then gets the job like I like Twitter I like going on Twitter because I have nothing to say. Like, I'm like, what What do I do? That's the one thing, that, one question for me that's worse than tell me about yourself. Like, what do you do, Chelsea? Like, I, I don't know. I just do Chelsea. Like, some days I read, some days I tweet, some days I run, some days I work, some days I clean my home. Like, I don't, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> 
I can't answer these questions. Rest assured, I make up an answer that's truthful to who I am every interview, but off the top of my head, I'm sitting here like, I don't know, who is Chelsea? What do I do? So I picked the most ridiculous thing and was like, I don't like tweening. And this was when I, this was 10 years ago. This was 10 years ago. I'm still the same idiot. I wanted to tell this story in particular because just, I randomly made a Facebook post because I'm getting a lot of people saying to me in, you know, when I'm serving like, ah, did you know you don't have to wear a mask? It's not a big deal. Like I work in healthcare. You don't have to wear a mask. So I statused on Facebook. Yes, I'm old. I still use Facebook and I still status on it. And my friends still like my status is okay. We're all old. It's fine. So I posted, please stop telling your server, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. The reason why I think that people need to stop saying that is because I've worn way crazier costumes to work in the restaurant industry to pay my bills. A mask is nothing because as I just said, I got a cowboy hat and a cowboy outfit to get this job. I'm gonna be real with you. I would rather wear a mask than a cowboy outfit 10 times out of 10. Looking back, I do not regret wearing the cowboy outfit. It was amazing. But it just the point is, is like, don't don't walk up to your server and tell them what they do and don't have to wear. Like we, we've totally worn worse and done worse just to pay our bills. Like just leave us alone. Not only that, but you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to be, I'm going to just say like, I don't wear a mask because I understand the medical reasoning behind it. I don't wear a mask because I think it's going to save the world. I wear a mask because I understand the mind and how it can be put at ease by certain things. And I think the mask is a symbol of that kind of, you can put your mind at ease. We're clean here. We're trying our hardest. We're wearing masks. We're disinfecting. I just think that like your immune system, if it's terrified, it's not going to do good. But if you continually see things that like make you feel comfortable and confident in where you are, your immune system will also, you know, it'll be better. It'll just be better. Better, it, it won't be under stress is what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to make this some medical show that I can't tell you the actual answers for and all that, but it's better for the human mind to believe it is comfortable and confident and safe and that alone can help your immune system, even if the mask isn't. Like, I don't know the medical, you know, reasoning behind that. Like, I get it. It makes sense to me. The whole droplet thing coming out of your mouth, like, it totally makes sense to me. But also, I just, I just need to make some money to pay my bills, dude. Like, you don't need to tell your server that. So, going back to this story, I ended, I, at this restaurant, you had to dress like a cowboy, and one other thing that you had to do was you had to have a fake name. I think that's kind of awesome. I'm not against that at all. I think that's a really good idea because you can still identify the server, but they can't identify you outside of that organization. So if they have a problem with you, they can take it up with your manager and they know who you're talking about, but they also couldn't maybe find you later on. I have actually been stalked at a restaurant before, so I really, really am cautious about where I work and if I wear a name tag and stuff like like it's really people can be really scary out there okay like I know that I'm being just overly cautious but when you've been in a situation where someone has found you on snapchat or found you on instagram or looked for you or comes to your work consistently and is kind of stalking you you get a little bit worried about like your name and where you're putting it and who knows who you are and most servers like 90% of servers are young women I actually completely think that everyone should make up a fake name everywhere they are so I had to make up this fake name and dress like 
a cowboy. I, at the interview, I was hired on the spot. He thought I was funny. Legitimately, he's, I, I was like, I've never served before, but I could probably be a host. And he's like, no, I think you're good enough to be a server. No one has ever put that kind of belief in me for a really long time now, just from me talking. Interviews, that's, that's where I shine. Like, so the general manager hires me on the spot and he gives me a list and he's like, I need you to pick a name, which is just silly because in the end he ended up picking mine for me. <laughs> He had it in his mind who he saw people as and it kind of fit, but it was so like, why'd you even let me pick? So he gives me this list and the only name that I see on it that I would have loved is scratched off. And that name is Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty, if you're out there, you ended up having the best name, but my goodness, did it ever suit her? Like in the end, when we all had our names, I'm like this actually all kind of suits us. I was so envious of Miss Kitty's name when I saw it. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I want to be Miss Kitty. Like, I don't know if I've already mentioned this, but I was obsessed with Batman Returns as a kid and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And one of her lines is, I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel so much more yummier. Maybe it's so much yummier. Anyway, I love that movie so much and I was so jealous to see that someone had already taken Miss Kitty. So I put out a couple of like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. And in the end he goes, well, I see you as a muffin. I'm like, well, that's kind of offensive, but okay. Now that I look back, I'm like, that wasn't offensive at all. Like it totally makes sense. <laughs> Just, I kind of see it now. I didn't at first, but I see it now. The best part about all these names is we also gave each other nicknames on top of the nicknames. So Miss Kitty obviously ends up being Kitty. Corona, there was a Corona. We end up calling her Rona or Roni. Okay, in 2020, she probably would have had to change her name. <laughs> um, what else was there? It's hard to remember. I really should have wrote this down. There was a Longhorn. And I, I'm pretty sure there was a joke that he said. I told, I forget what the joke was, but it's hilarious. Like someone was like, why is your name Longhorn? And because he was like, because Thickhorn was taken or something like that. He'll never listen to this, but if he does and you want to correct that story, please correct it. There was a wildfire and a wildflower. Wildfire, we ended up calling Wi-Fi. How cute is that? Wildfire, Wi-Fi, that's adorable. She hated it. We loved it. We also called her Weefy. <laughs> Because calling Wi-Fi Weefies, like there's so many levels of nicknames for these people. It's friggin' hilarious. And then Wildflower, we ended up calling Y-Flow as a joke. <laughs> there was a Lucky. There was a Daisy. There was a Crazy Horse. And we used to call her Seahorse. And then when it was written down, you it looked like Chorse. So we'd call her Chorse. As I said, my name was Muffin. It was picked out for me. And all the nicknames that I got from that were just, they got out of hand. Like they just absolutely got out of hand. So the first one, which is the title of this episode, was Muff Daddy. There's a section of people out there that I'm not even sure know my name. And if they saw me in Ontario, they'd be like, Muffin. <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot. Some people know me as someone incredibly different. There's people out there that I don't know their names and I'd have to be like, hey, what's your name again? I totally remember it as Seahorse. <laughs> And the best part was I'd walk into work. He'd say my name like Muff Daddy. Towards the end of my time there, I got my best friend hired and it was just hilarious to us. Like she would walk up to me and be like, Muff Daddy. <laughs> like, can we not, can we not talk about this here and now? So there was also other nicknames for Muff Muffin. It wasn't just Muffin. It also was Muffy, which I thought was cute. Have you ever watched Today's Special with that? Oh my goodness, Today's Special. 
shout it loud and clear. It was with that mannequin that came to life after hours and there was a mouse and her name was Muffy. And anyone calling me Muffy always reminded me of that. So it was Muffin, Muffy, Muff Diver. That's another one. Muff Diver. Yeah, I was called Muff Diver. Like all these names could only work in your early 20s. Like at 30, you'd be like, can we not do this? So Muffin, Muff Daddy, Muff Diver, Muffy. And then I came up with my own that I was like, this one's totally better. Muff Master Flex. I'm not a DJ, but I can serve like one. I'm really not sure why I said that right there. Like that doesn't even make any sense. I can serve like a DJ? Sure, why not? I thought this job was the craziest job, but I really enjoyed it regardless of, you know, the fact that I'm not really a country gal or I'd never served before. Like it was a really fun time in my life. There were so many different crazy things that happened downtown. Like I sincerely suggest if you can do it safely that you work in a downtown uh, party scene, like a club street. So if you've ever been to London, Ontario and you want to party, go to Richmond Row if you want to work. Work, work Richmond Row. It's actually a lot of fun. You end up feeling like you're out partying, but instead you're making money. Come on. That's what you should be doing in life. Feeling like you're partying, but actually making money or doing something to further yourself. One night, the uh, the president of the company had a party there for all of his university friends, and it, he made it free drinks for all the night. Obviously, everyone got hammered, and there was another guy there that he was friends with the president of the company, and he had his own brewing company so we had these craft beers from Muskoka like by the truckload so everyone was super super hammered having a great time and you know what that means they were tipping amazing. That night, there was, I want to say six girls working. I, it could have been five. It could have been four, to be honest with you. We each made like $500 and got to take home a bunch of beer. Such a good time. Like sometimes I hear servers talking in the industry now and they're like, this one time a guy tipped me like $50. And I'm like, like once? You guys need to work at a downtown club scene because you just get rich people all the time that own stuff that want, that want to tip you for your time. And it's amazing. I'm sure there's also an element of they understood this was his restaurant and they really wanted to treat the staff great, but such a good time. The only crummy thing was that was when I was in the thick of it. So I was working day and night. So I'm pretty sure the day after was Canada Day and I had to do a clopen on Canada Day whilst training a new server. I don't know how many people know what a clopen is, but it's when you close and open. So we closed the restaurant with this party and they obviously didn't leave at close. We were probably home around three. And then I had to open the next day around 10, I think it is. I think I had to be there by 10.45. Yeah, a clopen is when you close and then open. And it's just <laughs> terrible. It's great when you're young, you need the money, you want to be working hard, but like, holy cow. In, in that area of Ontario, because people actually party till 4 a.m. at bars. Um, and especially when they own them, they're out all night. People stay out all all night partying regardless of what happens whereas in BC people are like I got a bedtime so it's such a crazy difference in provinces something that I forgot to mention was my brown hair I wore my brown hair in braids a lot at that time because it's just easier to keep out of your face I did not realize how much I looked like Woody from Toy Story or his girlfriend is it his girlfriend wow again Chelsea not researching a simple thing before what is her name the female cowboy from Toy Story why did I say female cowboy gross <laughs> I'm the worst person. Female Woody. Toy Story. That's what I'm gonna, yeah. Female Woody. 
Wow, Chels, what's her name? Jessie! Okay, so I looked legitimately exactly like Jessie, but the thing is, is one day I was serving and I was walking past a kid and this kid screamed at the top of their lungs, Woody! I'm just like, great, great, cool, that's awesome. I look like Toy Story, which, I mean, really, is that a bad thing? It's kind of cute. It's just the one kid calling me out, calling me Woody, was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing in my life? I'm, I'll post a picture on my Instagram. The Instagram is overzealous podcast and I'll post a few pictures I looked exactly like Woody like just exact to well I guess Jesse I look like Jesse but the kid called me Woody whatever we're both confused leave us alone even though this job did not really suit who I was as a person I just had a bunch of fun doing it this restaurant used to be the kind of restaurant that sang happy birthday to anyone when it's their birthday I'm gonna be so real with you I am so against that not because I hate doing it I will do it for a special person but I don't like being forced to because some Sometimes you just don't have the time. Sometimes it's the most stressful thing to get a bunch of people together to sing happy birthday. I just think it just takes so much time. And in a world where we're cutting labor, cutting labor, trying to cut costs, it Dude, I know that that sounds like really silly to say, but when you're serving, every minute counts. So we used to sing happy birthday and it, it was fun. Like I don't, I don't dislike it. It's just, I don't like taking time away from other tables just to sing to, you know, a grown adult. It's different if you're a kid, this is special, but like grown adults don't need to be sung happy birthday to them, okay? So in order to have fun, what something I would do was, I love being loud and I love being the center of attention. I've never been afraid of that. I used to start my my birthday song well we come out of the back all clapping going woo you know just cheering like everyone knows it's someone's birthday and before I would sing I would introduce by screaming the line from the Goonies I'm not sure if you've seen it it's an 80s movie if you haven't pause right now go watch the Goonies come back to me but there's a kid in it that screams hey you guys one day I just felt like screaming that and I did at the top of my lungs. Sometimes I'd stand on a table and scream it. This is how serious I am about being the only person heard in a room. This is how crazy I am as an individual. So I would scream right before singing happy birthday and introducing because my life is already fucked and I have to sing happy birthday with a team of people dressed like this. So why not make it absolutely ridiculous? And I did every single time. One time, this is one of those stories, like this whole place, this, this whole episode is based on this one restaurant. So everything I'm telling you literally happened within a span of three and a half years at the exact same place. This one time I walk up to a group of like a group of I'd say six people. It could have been a bit more. I walk up to the table confident like I am so cocksure. I am Chelsea. I can do this or rather I am Muffin. I can do this. Like every table I walk up with the confidence of Thor, which is a silly analogy because in the last Avengers he was going through some shit and was not confident. So let me take that back. I had the confidence of Iron Man. There we go. He's always confident, right? Confidence of Iron Man. I walk up to the table. It's a big group of people. I go, hey, everybody. And I look down and it finally registers with me that this is my ex-boyfriend and his entire family. Not only is it my ex and his entire family, but it's his sister's birthday. And you know what that means. That means that I have to gather a bunch of people and sing happy birthday to that table. 
Can you think of anything more embarrassing? If there's anything more humbling, let's say humbling, let's give it a good word. I had to do it. You gotta do the job. You've got to do the job. You've signed up for something. You can't be scared. You gotta do it. I was hyper vigilant about this table. Like I could not get anything wrong and I had to sing and I had, and I did it. I did it. If you take anything from this story, it's when you face a situation that terrifies you, just face it head on. Who cares? Just let it happen. Nothing terrible can come of this. All you're doing is try to make money and pay your bills and I did it and it was fine and I got over it. But can you imagine having to sing happy birthday to your ex-boyfriend and his entire family? <laughs> and not only that, but like I was the toxic person in that relationship. Like I can completely admit when I, I'm the toxic person, that relationship was just way too early in my life when I was not okay. I was dealing with some shit. I'm so sorry that I was the toxic person in that relationship, but it must've been really humorous for them because they know that like I had some issues and then here I am just singing happy birthday. Needless to say, I have not had to uh, sing happy birthday to an ex and maybe a piece of me is staying with Davis for life so that I never have to sing happy birthday to him and his family after we've broken up. Okay, another crazy thing that happened while I was there is this one time there was a mariachi band. I walked outside because everyone was like, there's a mariachi band outside and they wanna know if they can come inside. Regardless of rules for establishments and businesses, if you are a great time, I'm gonna beg you to come inside. I've actually allowed a tiny baby goat in a restaurant before. Yes, you will never know which one. You can look at my resume. I've got a ton of restaurants. You will never know. Let's be real though. Goats are kind of cleaner than humans these days. I heard that they were outside asking to come in. I asked really quickly and my boss was like, uh, heck yeah. So I go out and this is another thing that I can post a picture of. It's this mariachi band and I walk out and I see them and they instantly start serenading me. One guy who's singing ends up dancing with me. This is amazing. Like this is how amazing downtown London, Ontario is. It's just full of life. I'm sure it's not anymore and I'm so sad and I hope that it finds its way back to its glory days. You could find anything on the street. This mariachi band was nothing short of the usual. So I go outside, they serenade me, the one man dances with me and I say, you need to come inside. You need to come inside. They come inside and they do the whole thing. Like they just walk around with their instruments. I should have looked up what instrument it was. I apologize. That's how ignorant I am. Um, and they were just playing their instruments and singing and everyone loved it. It was amazing. Okay, I've got to wrap it up here. I got to go down and get my little black backpack. But the last crazy story that I have from this place, and to be honest with you, um, I don't even know that it's the last crazy story. If I think of more, I might bring it up in another episode because this was just one of my favorite jobs of all time. And I'm certain there were more crazy stories, but also something else that happened that was pretty cool here uh, was I got to meet someone that I <laughs> have kind of like thought was a pretty cool person my entire life. I don't know if kids today know him, but I grew up with shows like like Growing Pains, Murder, She Wrote, uh, Married with Children. I mean, I can't, Seventh Heaven. I don't, if you know who this person is, you're like, sweet. But if you don't, you're like, what are these shows? So this one time we're told there's going to be uh, one of our, our sections of the restaurant um, blocked off because there's someone coming to film. It turns out that this person is Alan Thicke. So apparently he has this show at the time, um, R.I.P. Alan Thicke. At the time he had this show and he was coming to um, London, Ontario because there is a university there that's a pretty big deal. It's the University of Western Ontario. And I believe his son, he really wanted his son to go to um, that school. I think he even went to the school. Let's look this up. I'm pretty sure he did. Yes. 
Okay, alma mater, University of Western Ontario. What did he take? Oh man, I totally want to know what he took. Okay, so I found out he graduated with a BA in English. So he wanted his son to go to the same school as him and he wanted to film it. So they were blocking off a section of our, our restaurant so that he could film it. Well, the guy ends up walking around the restaurant like the whole time and I can see him. I'm working on the patio and they're downstairs filming and I'm like, there's no way I'm not meeting this guy. Like I grew up with my mom. I have to meet every single person that she would think is cool. Maybe that's my mommy issue in life. I need to meet everyone that my mommy would think is cool. And I knew for a fact she would be like, wow, you met Alan Thick. So I run downstairs, I see him. I see him signing stuff. Oh, and there was random horses there that day. Like this was just such an insane day. There's random horses, but I'm like, I need to meet Alan Thick. I walk right up to him. Like I run downstairs, I see him meeting people. I don't even care who he's talking to. I walk right up to him. I'm like, hi, I grew up on growing pains. And he's like, hey, let's take a picture. And I got a picture with Alan Thick. And that's the end of the story. And I was right beside him in the picture. <laughs> you know what really sucks though? I'm not, I'm gonna be fully like, hey, this is what I found. So when I was looking up his, um, his degree in English and what his degree was, I found out he actually dated a 17 year old Christy Swanson when he was 40. So that's a child, but that's not what this podcast is about. But it did really kind of make me go, no, Alan Thick. I thought he was just this like uber awesome dude. Like what are you doing dating 17 year old? I'm not like super judgy, you know, like I feel like 17 year olds kind of can make up their own mind, but at the same time, your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 23. So I don't, it wasn't knowledge back then, but it is now. And I really hope that celebrities kind of like stop dating 16 and 17 year olds when they find this out. Like just saying, Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't brought this up. Maybe I'll let it out. I don't know. At the end of the day, I was just really excited to meet the man from Growing Pains. Okay. Like he wrote that song too, that show me that smile and I'll make another me. I'll be crying something 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 that doesn't even have growing pains in it but it's good you know it was cool I was really happy to meet someone that my mom would think was a cool person to meet so I'll post that picture too all of this is going to be on my Instagram um over at overzealous podcast I think I'm done for this week I think I'm done for this week. Do not forget that next week I will not be posting. It is a Labor Day weekend. I've decided that I want to set this up the way that I would if it was to succeed and long weekends. I just want to be able to spend with my family and make sure that I'm really getting what I need in life. Like downtime is really important. We're living in a world where people are like work, 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 go, go, go. But one of the reasons why I'm really happy and can continue doing what I'm doing is because I know when to take downtime. I know when it's important to be with my family and, and hang around them and, and you know, just talk to them and be with them. So next week I will be doing doing that but I will also be working on the week after podcast which again is going to be the getting weird with it episode I will remind you before like I'll do record a whole intro and let you know so that you don't forget and then after that I'm going to do the um the quarantine budget episode and then I'll kind of get some more ideas after that and also I'm going to do the Davis and I podcast still on the overzealous one but don't forget next week is going to be the getting weird with it just on mine moved over to overzealous thank you so much for listening this is has been amazing I love anyone who is paying attention at all or engaging in any way thank you so much this is so much fun and I encourage you if you're listening and you're thinking about doing it just do it thank you so much for listening this is the overzealous podcast and I will see you next week